You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Hello and welcome back to another edition of The Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Roger Gaddis. I am one of your other hosts, Jason Wheeler. Hey, Jason, guess what? What? We are recording a podcast All today. Right, we're back. And uh, Roger has, I, we we alluded to this in the last episode. It's called Probably seating. the last one. <laughs> we don't a, really know. Look, it's just good uh, marketing or uh, seeding to talk about stuff that you're going to talk about at some point. Seed with a D or a T? Whichever you feel like, but deep seeded. Anyways, we talked about Roger writing a bunch of stuff on a whiteboard that were topics from a podcast he listened to that he took notes on. He took notes on a podcast. God. While driving. <laughs> I know nobody does that with our podcast. So... It's good to know that somebody does a good podcast. And anyways, there are t- I counted, Roger, and you didn't see when I was doing this. There were 22 different points up there. We are not going to talk about them all today. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, we circled through, and by we, I mean me. Me circled through several of the points up here to try to fit into today's episode. And look, we're not copying some other podcast. Yeah, but we kind of are. <laughs> Listen, we don't do that here. You know, um, we're we're talking about the green. This podcast you listen to is not about the green. Business. Right, right. We're talking about the green business. And in the green business, we spell May with a K and we do all sorts of weird stuff. Okay. So I'll buy. <laughs> so we'll just go through some points. It's what we're looking at more of like a, what do we call it? Potent potables, topical topics, something okay. like that today. Potpourri. There we go. Smell good stuff when you, you know, do the thing. It's all listed under rules. I don't know if these are rules, but they're points. Okay. So let's just go down the list here. <clears throat> and these are kind of like aphorisms, if you're, you you know, that's a phrase you understand. You know, just, I, That's not a phrase. I, that's not even so a word I've heard before. Just things that you hear that make sense and you take note of it. And it's kind of a generalized rule for living. So it's like, I've never heard anybody say it like that, but that is true. Probably. Like that. Because I, I hear stuff like that all It's time. all relative and subjective, but okay. these are, you know, less subjective, probably. All right. So, first point here. The debates over grain things. So, when people debate online or in person about basis or spreads or price direction or whatever, those are really just a result of different people playing different games. Okay. Like win stupid games, win stupid prizes. Well, sort of, but it's kind of, you know, that that line of if you're a basis trader, you view spreads in light of how it affects your basis position and you could care less about futures direction. If you're a day trading futures trader, then, you know, basis has no point of existence in your world and you care completely about which way futures are going and how much and how far and charts with dead cat bounces and double axes and whatever else they use on there. And, you know, if you're um, a farmer with an HTA that wants to roll it. Right, right. You don't know anything about it. So, you know, everything is important at that point or so, you know, you're led to believe. (laughs) 
That's true. That's, that's good. So, you know, people can be right about different things, but you got what's their point of perspective? What game are they playing? Yeah. No, that's true. And I, I think, you know, we've talked about it before, like kind of the there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of information out there. Most of it is completely irrelevant to the game you're playing. But like I said, it is relevant to somebody right. in the game they're playing. Right. I get that. That's good. because, And I think that that does get people – you know, focused on something that's that that's not your game though. Like so, like you're saying with with spreads of guys, like ah, you know, the chart says it should do this, that, and the other. It's like, well, I got thirty under bought, and I'd like to have it forty under the march. You know, yeah, yeah. So these that's debates are just people with different time horizons playing different games, talking over one another. Essentially, is what it is. So yeah, and then you, yeah, the mistake people make is they try to they take some of those logic there's some of that reasoning for this other thing and try to say well you know but that thing says it could go to you know 12 and a half and Whatever. maybe i should you know do this Your basic like, spread charts upside down yeah. it is people playing different games it's, okay all right so i'm glad you agree with that well was it a statement or you said it's a what do you call it an a it's an aphorism it's just a aphorism you know, a thing, a, a bit of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, bunch of yeah. aphorisms. There you go. Like uh, things you can remember that, you know, have bearing on your reality. There you go. Okay. Probably. That may not be the definition at all, but that's what I'm coming up with. That's my reality. All right. Well, I got the computer of it. Aphorism is a concise and often witty statement of a general truth or principle. There you go. And it may also be called an adage. Now, that's a word I've heard. Why didn't you just use a word I've heard of? Before? Well, first of all, it's not aphorism. It's oh. aphorism. Aphorism. A, a, I don't know. There's something. Agor, agorism? Is that a... Agoraphobia? Agorism is like... Um, that's a political thing, right? Or I've never heard that word. Agor? Yeah, yeah. like an a, a, agorist or agor... I don't know how to say it. I just see things in print. I don't know that's how you're agorist. supposed to say it. Agorist? I don't know. All right, we're getting off great things. No, this this is is good. Good. What's your what point are you trying to make? Next point. That point or the next point? The next. Point. Okay. It's only called speculation when you disagree with someone else's bet. So I disagree with this whole statement. I need more explanation on this. So maybe this is help, all I'm going to understand. <laughs> Again, I listened to this podcast. I wrote things down. This was one of them that stuck out. <laughs> Again, this podcast I was listening to had to deal with the psychology of money and how people view money and wealth. And I thought, oh, some of these might apply to grain. Maybe not. This one stuck out. It's only called speculation when you disagree with someone else's bet, which I think feeds directly into the one above, which was people playing different games. I don't know. I, I completely disagree with this. Okay. Part. This is fair. <laughs> this is uh, not a aphorism to me or something well, uh what what's what's there to disagree with it makes perfect sense well i it's it's called speculation whether you agree or disagree speculation is speculation it's, it's a defined term so uh grain elevators they say well, we got to get speculation out of our business and they hedge everything and all that and that's that's great you know i i agree with that but what they're really saying is price speculation they want to get that out. And I agree with that. But when you hedge your grain, you're accept, you're creating basis risk now. Right. And you are speculating on basis. People don't like to say speculate, yes. but that's what you're doing. 
you're speculating on the basis. Right. Now we because feel like you disagree with speculating on the price, which is a bet you don't agree with. So you do the basis side. But it's still spec. I'm speculating on the basis, yes. and I agree that I should speculate yeah. on the basis. But for so them, I, then it's called opportunity management. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyways, so we we do we speculate on on basis. It, and you know, on that on that note, I, I'm sure I've said this before on on here, but nobody listens to all these, so I'll say it again. Right. Um, a lot of people think, well, we hedge, so we don't speculate. But sometimes people they buy a bunch of grain and then the market has changed since they bought it and they haven't hedged it yet. So I'm going to wait a little bit, or it seems like the market's going up a little bit. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait a few minutes, see what happens. That's speculating too, is, is I will posit that. Is it speculating if. That's speculating on the price. If, is it speculating if these July is trading at 22 cents and you put a target in for 23 trying to set a carry? Is that speculating? I mean, speculation is is a you know is willingfully willingfully taking a risk, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in that standpoint, yes. Also, setting it is you know some people look at it. If I set it now, I could deal. What if I was wrong? So they're worried about setting it and I'm speculating that it's going to go. This is the whole reason the that options were invented. <laughs> so people could make more. Be wrong and right at the same time. People who are paralyzed to make a decision can make multiple decisions. No, no, no. Their broker can make one for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And trade more. Uh, Jings. <laughs> uh, churn, baby. Churn. Roll, please. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip the next one because you really liked it ahead of time. So we'll oh, come man, back to it. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, point three. You cannot believe in risk without believing in luck. I, I wanted to disagree with it, but I think that's right. It's just the other side yeah, of yeah. the bet, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't have luck managers. We have risk <laughs> managers. <laughs> We don't have we have risk management, not luck management, but obviously they're two sides of the same coin. It's funny. So I've known people over the years that unintentionally have speculated on prices, right? You're out of position uh, one way or another. You don't catch it. You don't have good routines and procedures. Maybe you don't catch it for weeks or sometimes months. Uh you know, you should catch within a day. If you got good procedures, it shouldn't go more than a day or uh, without being caught if you're out of position. But some people do. And yeah, it's like you said, it's it, we don't know which way the market's going to go up, down. So I, like nobody knows. And that's why we hedge. Uh, and but yeah, there's absolute luck because some people catch it and it's like, whoop, I made twenty four thousand dollars <laughs> because I was out of position. And some people catch it and say, I lost $24,000 because I was out of position, right? And which, uh, so I'm going to go off topic a little, which one do you think is better? I mean, we know it's better to make money than to lose money on this error, but it's complete luck, right? But what do you, long-term, what do you think is better? To be lucky instead of being risky. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the- Go in your favor or not? Accidentally speculated- 
found out, whoops, I made $24,000 or I lost $24,000. I don't think it matters either way. I think what matters is the person being aware of, of the potential outcomes either way, I think. Yeah, the, be the best, the I think the best case scenario is you make $24,000 and, and that person realizes I could have just as easily lost yeah. more than $24,000. That's if they work for someone else. If they work for themselves, they need to lose the money, then realize it. That's yeah. And that's, that's a thing. Like, that's why I asked the question. Cause seriously, yeah. people make money and they think, Oh, Hey, maybe I do that again. You know, and maybe they do it kind of intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a bad deal, but I, we've told the story of our uh, bean spread. We thought we had that figured out 2012. And, you know, most people, you mess around in the futures market. Nobody really knows, you know, whether you're trying to trade spreads, or if you're just, strictly a trader you're not trying to do cash trading what yeah futures yeah futures and options and spreads or whatever derivatives yes <laughs> otcs i don't know um watch the old watch trade you're trying to do that stuff man you, most people it's like they have some success and so they like they they have these success stories and then eventually they have some massive failure that that teaches them and they'll never do it again. Right. And, Hopefully. but me, I just, it was the first time I ever tried anything. I just, I'm, I lost money and I'm like, all right, no, that's it. I wish I could have had the deals where you did make some in the beginning and then quit and then you lose money and then you learn your lesson. But I never did the make money part. I just lost money and said, that's you, it for me. Exactly. Just described how Las Vegas works. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Broken dreams and unfulfilled promises. <laughs> you know, that's such a tough part of our business, man, is is really it literally is a, like can be because you can if you treat it that way, it absolutely can be. But it absolutely can be the opposite. If we're if we're using it properly, it should be a way to get risk off of you. That's, you it. know, why don't you know, pick a different thing to 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 speculate on. Do you feel lucky about putting some 20 moisture corn in your bin and not turning the fan on? I mean, my work for you, save electricity, right? And get it out. Who knows? You know, let's risk that. Or, you know, handing out, you know, burritos on Trucker Appreciation Day. You know, maybe you can come out good on that, but, you know, probably not. <laughs> Who knows? Let's risk it. See, you know, let's see what happens. There's lots of ways to approach risk, but the thing you got to have a belief in luck if you believe in risk. That's that's yeah. That's yeah. What saying. Sorry, back to your point. Yeah, most people, you know, like to attribute good things to their skill and bad things to just risk or bad luck, but it's yeah, that's not true at all. Yeah. So, Evergreen Elevator that manages their risk should celebrate their St. Patrick's Day. Or, I don't know. I mean, if you don't like snakes and whatever. That guy did. Yeah. Was it snakes? Pied Piper? Snakes? I don't know. You got to wear green. It's lucky. Pinch. Yep. So. Not, not in this day and age, old buddy. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to skip that one also. And we're going to go to this other one. That's right. down here. The idea of enough, in air quotes, doesn't mean a lack of aspiration. <clears throat> well, I love that you use the word aspiration. I know that's for you. I, this is your your word of the year. I mean, it's in my life. I'm very aspirational, or I try to be. That's a, you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Jason, because because I'm negative too a lot. No, you're you're you are 
a realist. I'm a, yes, I'm a realist. I'm you know it's is what it. But but I do, and it's a lot of people uh, say, well, you know, that's you're being sarcastic. I'm I'm not being sarcastic. I'm very I I, I, like, I like to dream big. There's no there's no problem in dreaming big. Now it doesn't mean you know you get you don't you don't get let down and you don't expect anything but you can dream for it you don't expect it but you can dream for it anyways so your statement idea of enough doesn't mean a lack of aspiration all right tell us so, okay that. so some people will say i think this was talking about originally you know how much do you want to save for retirement or how much do you want to make in your salary as an employee in your career and it's like oh, as much as i can get in the same way with the you know the farmer how much do you want to sell for as much as i can get of the merchant other how much you know, what kind of basis do you want to sell? As much as I can get, you know. So the idea sometimes of okay. enough comes off as, yeah. oh, well, you're, you don't care. You just, you know, you're being mediocre or you don't have any drive. And it's, no, that doesn't mean you're giving up. It's, enough is not capitulation. Enough That's is right. having a point where, you know, you, you, you have what you need. You can go after more, but it doesn't mean you don't want to hit that every year, you know, and, and margin goals for merchandisers, you know, some people have one. Like, oh, I can clear 50 cents on every bushel over the course of the season on the grant. I'm, that's what I want. Some people is like, ah, nah, you know, it gets up higher at the end. You know, well, you don't have any bushels at the end of sale. But, you know, the, the idea is I just need as much as I can get without an idea of what I'm shooting for. And that's it's right. like, well, I'm not just going to settle. Well, enough doesn't mean you're settling. Right. That's, that's good. I like that because yeah, it goes back to you uh, playing different games, right? Is is your game you're trying to hit the high of the year? Because my game is to be a successful company year in and year out. And that's very aspirational. That's extremely yes. aspirational to be year in, year out successful, protecting myself, protecting my working capital, protecting my business, my employees, you know, what your business? I mean, people de- people's families depend on on decisions. I know that's a lot of weight to bear uh, at at times to think of it that way. But you know, being successful year in year, protecting your business from losses, making money when you can, taking enough when it's the, there's money on the table. Let's take it. Let's get on next year because my aspiration is this business continues to sustain itself and sustain all the employees and their families and all that stuff. So that's. That's a huge, that, that's dreaming way bigger than, oh, try to, you know, get a little, little extra this year, you know. You did a Twitter poll uh, just yesterday, right? Yes, yes. About this. What was that? It, uh, it is here. I'll, I'll read it off to you, old buddy. Just, just, you, just you stand by. So it, it was talking about the idea, and this is something you and I have been talking about for a while. Um, the poll said, farmers, if new crop bid which means basis in this instance. And I should have said basis, but I said bid. If new crop bid for any grain at your local elevator was 30 cents higher today, would you sell any? Would you sell? 65% of nearly 200 votes said no. Okay, so there's a strong majority, two-thirds, two-thirds said quorum. 30 more cents does not make me sell today. Right. Yeah, based today. on today's exact price or basis or whatever for new crop, 30 cents more. Uh well, we'll I'll do not. nothing. Yeah. Because it's not enough. Right. Or um or anything. Well, and, and and yeah, I don't I don't know everybody's profit 
picture or anything like that. But my, my thing is these same folks that say 30 cents more will not do it for me. Are there are probably there's I think there if we did a um what's the overlapping circle thing? I can't think of the Venn diagram. If we did a Venn spot, if we did a Venn diagram, the sweet spot of this thing where they overlap. I bet there would be a lot of overlap of guys that voted no, I wouldn't sell for 30 cents more, but also complain to their local elevator that they're five cents less than their competitor. Today. Yes, without a doubt. It would almost be one circle. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a huge yeah. sweet spot. It's unbelievable. Uh, sweet spot eclipse, if you, you will. will. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, there, there's a, a there's something to that, right? Yeah, I got to. You guys should be higher. Okay, we're five cents. We're thirty cents higher. Well, no, I wouldn't sell, but you should. Well, what do we do? <laughs> right, right. Or the same thing. I wouldn't take thirty cents more today, but if my corn came in a tenth of a point over wet and it's going to cost me two cents, I'm going to raise hell all day long about that. Again, it's you can say those are two different things. I see it as just a, a pure money thing. Well, which is it? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you see a lot of it's all it's all contextual, of course, but it should give people pause, especially on this fa- focus on basis that so many producers have that this man, you wouldn't sell a 30 cent push in basis today for new. You wouldn't sell any of that. Let's put it on basis contract. Futures <laughs> are going to go up. <laughs> all right. And I hope they do. Let's everybody needs to sell the high. Farmer needs to sell the high cash price. Elevator needs to sell high the basis. It's, that's that's the truth, dude. So true. I, I was talking to a guy um, this last week. He's in Missouri, and he said my best purchase I made this year is an elevator guy. They're coming up on wheat harvest. Wheat crop looks pretty good over there. There's not a ton of acres, but you know they're gonna have some wheat, and the crop looks good. Of course, you never know with wheat. It could be you know terrible in the last week and. The weather doesn't hit right. But anyways, right now it looks good. His best purchase, he bought wheat $10 futures and basis was a dollar under. Heck so yes. He owns a dollar under and the future. So this farmer's going to get $9 wheat. And what's what's wheat? Six bucks or less. Probably less than that. Yeah. In basis now. So yeah. So anyways, great. Great for everybody. But that guy... You know, he wasn't complaining and about, oh, your basis is, is too low. It's the lowest has ever been. Because no, at that time, nobody else was really bidding much right. anything. So there's a reason why his base was a dollar under what he could resell yeah. for at that time. Which is the complete opposite of the story of a customer in Georgia who went to one of their producers last summer. And you know what wheat prices were last year after the Ukraine thing. Told him, it's like, you could get, I'll offer you, it was it happened to be $10 too. At $10 cash picked up in the field at harvest. Picked up in the field, t- double digit wheat. Picked up, they got in it to haul it anywhere. He just happened to be, you know, almost two dollars under at that point. And the guy's like, "I ain't the basis is trash. I ain't selling that." Well, he didn't. Basis got better. It's like you know, eighty under now, but the you know <laughs> the boards dropped four bucks. So, Golly. but yeah. it's just you know, it's that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, you got to realize what game you're playing. Golly, the, your first point, man, you got to realize what game you're playing. If you're farming, you're taking a pile of money, you're putting it in the ground, you 
take it back out and you hope for, and you turn it in for another pile of money and you hope the second pile is bigger than the first pile. That's what we're doing here. We're not trying to pick the highs of the market and the highs of the basis and the mix them up in a nice uh, cocktail, put them together. That's it's, it's I did hear that. Hey, yeah, the cocktail thing reference is great because I, I have heard recently the market's drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're sick. Yeah. You know, the sick. market was sick. Uh, unhealthy. Unhealthy. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, um, is it obesity? What's the market's too fat? You know, uh, you should, you, the market probably just needs more body positivity. You might be onto something. Yeah. It's exactly. unhealthy. It doesn't realize what it doesn't know. Yeah. Just, you know. But everybody else knows, but it, no one's told. Hey, don't it needs be, intervention. What I'm saying is don't be ashamed of who you are, market. Exactly. You Let know? your freak flag fly. <laughs> Hey, it's not you. It's problems. Everybody else's problem with you. Yeah, come on. Uh, All right, what's next? Okay. <clears throat> Point whatever number we're on. <laughs> there is rarely more or less uncertainty. Just changes in how ignorant people are to certain risks. All right. Now, I'm, as you know, I'm from Arkansas. I'm gonna have to. That's a lot of words compared to these it's, other ones. It's some. It's some amount. So uncertainty is always there. People say, oh, this year there's a lot of uncertainty. Well, there's a lot of, there's the same amount of uncertainty every year. Same amount of things that we're uncertain about. The same amount. How do you measure what's, you know, uncertainty is there. What changes is how people are either on top of or ignorant of certain risks. That's it. That's the thing that changes, not the amount of uncertainty. Right. Yeah. Well, and well, what ends up actually happening, right? We're always ignorant of, uh, you know, the uncertainty of war in Zimbabwe. I don't just pick a country. I don't know. I didn't know that was a country. Yeah. I mean, hey, look out. So we're always uncertain of that or ignorant of that, ignorant to the risk of what if a nuclear bomb went off in in Zimbabwe. This is this is so dark. This is a you bad... certainly went dark. You could have went to like, hey, yeah. world peace broke out. I, you went to. I mean, let's we'll take you back to the to the you know negativity uh, thing. The, the meteor showers, or I don't know. Anyway, something happens real real bad, real good. You name it. But I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't know any right. Roger until a few seconds ago. Didn't even know Zimbabwe existed. Right. There's a risk. So there you go. Um, so my point is, well, if nothing happens there, there I have the same amount of uncertainty. I was ignorant of nothing ha- of, of it happening. It just happened to happen. you know, the Ukraine thing or whatever. I, you know, most years it we don't have a yeah. you know, Russia doesn't invade the, a the day before 9-11 was there was there was it was a peak amount of uncertainty on t- terrorism attack on the United States. People were just ignorant of the risk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what it is. It's again, uncertainties. You hear that out there because it's a nice headline. It was all this uncertainty. It's there every year. You're yeah. just more or less ignorant of it each year. That's what changes. I well, I, I think maybe, but what I'm saying is you're ignorant of of uh, the same things. It's just some years those things actually happen that you're ignorant of. Yeah. And most years they don't. And then when that act happens, you're like, oh, there's a bunch of uncertainty. Well, exactly. Um, 
Yeah. Hmm. Okay. How ignorant you are to certain risks is what changes. I'd say that doesn't even change really, but we we say there's more uncertainty because a, a thing we were ignorant of happens. Yes. But we've always been ignorant of things. Yes. That's how I live my life, brother. <laughs> Next up, <clears throat> accept limitations and build around them. Accept limitations. Accept so that's, it's that's the, a huge key to life. It's the what's it called? The 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 serenity prayer. Is that what they call that? The George Casanza's dad, where he yells serenity now. No, 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 no. This no. is like the I think George Bush, the first president of George Bush name. Mm-hmm. I think he this was in his maybe his inauguration or something, you know, grant Lord grant me, you know, the wisdom, you know, the peace to accept the things I can't yeah. change, the wisdom to change the things I can, and the ability to discern between the two. Or I'm yeah, picturing yeah. it, but generally like that. That's good. It's better than I could have done, but I know you're talking about limitations and build around them. Yeah. Know who you are, know what, what business you are. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and even be aspirational, that, but not. Yeah. Well, or even to think this is, there's a way sh- things should happen in an ideal, you know, ideally this should happen this way, but it doesn't because humans are involved. So accept the way that is and figure out how to be successful in light of that. Farmers, they want great weather every year so they can grow a crop. That's not reality. Build, build, you know, that into your plan. Or grain originators don't really want to talk strictly basis all the time with farmers on it because it's not what ultimately matters, but that's not something you can avoid easily or should. Build a build an origination plan with that being a fact of, of life. This this thing has to be discussed and talked about in the way that it needs to be talked about, as opposed to letting the narrative run away from it. You know, whatever it is in life. Mm-hmm. Except limitations. Yeah. That's good. The the limitations is understanding what they are. I've, I've heard it said um, you got to put your uh, put your guardrails on the right side of the ditch. Mm. You know, it's a I, I think in, in our personal lives, like I don't know, back back in the days of I don't know how mortgages work anymore. Um <laughs> There's the same general concept, but it's been a minute. And Mort is dead, is what I, I know. Yeah, interest rates get up, and I'm just like, all right, I just never can be interested in how mortgages do anymore because I'm stuck with one forever. And uh, anyways, but no, if you get get the pre-approval and interest rates are low, and then you tell them how much you make, and they look up your credit score, and they're like, you can afford this much in a house, and you're like, I don't think that would work for me, you know. I can't can't afford that much of a monthly payment or a house um and all that so like the 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 bank will give you limitations but you need to set your own limitations that that make sense for you and that, and that's true in the grain business i know we work with with a lot of grain elevators that um you know maybe they're very strong financially and the bank's like hey man we we don't really understand your business but based on your balance sheet we'll loan you however many x number of millions of dollars you know like, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable having that much out uh, borrowed, I, I'm glad you're willing to go with me. And, and you know, if the market rallies and takes off, it's good that you can. Mm-hmm. But but in general, I don't want to borrow that much money. I want to have it. So, in ter- so then that that leads to us. We're working through guys on plans is, well, that leads to, all right, if you don't want to have more than 
$5 million borrowed at any given time. Here's where we probably need to be as far as making sure we sell things earlier in the year, even if there's carry, because you don't, otherwise you're going to have this much out. And if the market rallies this much, you know, you can get into the numbers mm -hmm. and see like, all right, you know, as long as corn stays below $9, you'll be able to execute this plan. Uh, if it starts getting up there, you may want to re- address this plan and move stuff earlier, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, but setting your own limits is a lot better than letting the bank set Self -imposed the Self-imposed limits. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. Once, once the bank starts setting it, it can, it can change or, or they get a little blurry. <laughs> I, I've seen that like banks are like, well, you know, we're with you and we understand hedging. So we'll just be with you. And until, you know, eventually somebody high enough up says we can't do this anymore. And now we're, <laughs> we're in it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it can get wonky. So set your own limits that I should say that are, you know, smaller limits than, you know, maybe the bank will, will give you. Don't, don't be like, well, bank will only give me 10 million. I'm going to go for 20. Watch this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not limiting myself, you know, um, you should limit yourself. It's, uh, it's good. So, all right. Step Sorry. There you go. That's perfect. So, we got time to do another one? Yeah. Oh, great. Wonderful. That's, I, I kind of knew you were going to say that. So here we go. The nickel and dime game. This is your, your favorite of what I pre-gamed with you on. Mm -hmm. So the nickel and dime game is uh, there's a father and a young son. He's probably like four or five. And father's trying to teach son, you know, about value money and plays the game. So every day he's like, shows him one hand a nickel another hand a dime and says, you know, choose one. So the little boy chooses a nickel and this game goes on. You know, Why does he choose a nickel? Because it's bigger. Oh, that's a big, right? Yeah, this, right? It's a bigger that's, coin. That's what you initially think. Okay. It's a bigger coin. So this game goes on for a few weeks and, you know, every day the father says, choose a nickel or a dime. The boy's getting a nickel. And then big brother, who's, you know, eight or nine, because the tennis is, get the dime. Why are you choosing a nickel? The dime's worth more. And little brother says, if I choose a dime, dad will quit playing. Nice. You get it. I do. You got it. What game are you playing? It comes back to the games. What game yeah. are you playing? So in my mind, what this translated into in the green business is relationships with for the elevators with their buyers. Mm -hmm. You know, are you that person that is always asking for a push all the time and maybe unreasonable pushes? Or are you the person that working on a relationship that's getting a good number, but it's sustaining. It's a sustaining thing, not a one and done deal. And you can Shanghai someone one time and make a killing, but it's probably going to happen again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just the same concept I think yeah. goes to the yeah. producer, uh, you know, when, when selling grain, you know, you wait for that one July when stuff goes through the roof and you make a killing and that's great. But you know, the market doesn't give you every year. What does the market give you every year? Well, probably something that's sustainable long term. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And that as I I, I love that. It's a good, good, uh, good for our business. I, I, but I it sends me to thinking about um, you know, the the whole concept of uh, people are out to get me, you know, because that's exactly right. If you if you take somebody over the barrel in a moment, I mean, that's you're you're done. That relationship's fried, you're never gonna you work with those guys or, you know, say, Hey, you need help. I'm going to help you. Let's, let's try to work on, you know, those are times you can really build a relationship that build a loyalty that you don't get in your normal interactions. Right. When guys are, 
guys are in a tight spot and you can help them out. Um, or, or you can stick it to them, right? And the people that stick it to them, they don't last in this business because um, no one likes to be stuck. It's not that big. It's not that big a business, man. You got a certain amount of relationships, and that's that's it. There's only a certain amount of acres controlled by a certain amount of people, and a certain amount of businesses that buy grain and and so on. So, um, yeah, you you gotta gotta say. But I I think people the people who are like oh you know. The grain we've done the grain mafia ep- episodes and and we talk about GMD as we should. Everybody's out to get get us and everything, and, and that's a mentality like people can have in any side of this business or any other business. It's like everybody else is out to get me, and I gotta. It's it's not really that true, <laughs> um, be, because people have to function in this business, and most people do. You people have been in the business for 40, 50 years, and they didn't get they didn't do that because they're smarter and they're you know screwing over more people than anybody else can. No, they got that way because they treat people fairly, and people continue to do business with them. So it doesn't do a grain elevator any good to you know rip off the farmers, you know, I, it's a, a nice young man up north that, that says, you know, is just uh, ripping off farmers that, you know, that's all they do. And I got to stand in the way. North Dakota? And I don't know where, but all over the place. I'm sure everybody, can. so it's like, I got to stand in the way and, and I'm going to advise these guys and I'll help them. And I'll maybe I'll even, I'll broker the grant. I'll do the sale. Cause I'm, I know what those guys, I know what those grain elevator, grain mafia people are trying to do, trying to rip us off. Trying to, so I'm going to help the farmer from getting ripped off um, and I'm going to stand in the way and he just pays me a fee for this protection. So I don't know if that sounds like any other sort of arrangement, but it sounds paying like for protection. Yeah. Paying for protection. <laughs> yeah. You know, you pay me, I'll protect your business. Don't worry about it. You know, people are going to, if you don't, people are going to get you. Trust me. All right. <laughs> you pay me. Maybe it's a per acre. I don't know. Uh, per bushel. I don't know how they, maybe do it. it's $17. It could be monthly, yeah, uh, to get on their um, whatever feed. But you know, it's <laughs> so. Anyways, it's it's funny, but but it's that's a mentality. Extortion, extortion. <laughs> people work, but it's preying on people's insecurities about that. Yes. And uh, you know that that's a thing that's kind of kind of deal. And that kind of leads right into the last thing. The circle appears. It's not what is the highest margin you can get this year. It's what's the best margin you can get over the longest amount of time. And that that comes directly from personal investing and, and saving. It's like, I'm not tr- necessarily trying to chase after what gives me the highest return in the stock market or whatever this year. It's what's the best return I can get over 40 years. Yes. Well, and that's the people... Uh, whether it's investing or anything um, with building over time is having the pers- yeah the perspective of your farm, for instance, or grain elevator businesses is not to have one year, really good year. It's to have consistent year, win years every year. And I, I think of the example of this told to me years ago and I've probably said it on here before, but again, no one listens. So right, you're good. You're a good company. All right. So you take a dollar. I've invested a dollar, right? Volatile markets. I made, and and then this year I make fifty percent. What do I have now? One dollar plus fifty percent. Yes. Total of one fifty. Okay. Right. I'll take your word for that. All right. Well, let's do the math. Um. Anyways, if you got your calculator handy, go ahead and get it out for this next one. It's going to be tough. But um. So dollar. I got a dollar fifty. 
The volatile market, though, we lose 40% this year. All right. But I just I just let it ride. So average, I made 50%, lost 40%. I So I made 10% overall, but maybe it was over two years. So maybe an average gain of 5%. A lot of people will say, hey, the Dow Jones averages, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I average, I made 50, lost 40, right? But my dollar 50, if you lose 40 cent, 40% on a dollar 50, you've lost 60 cents. So my things, my statements say, hey, we averaged a 5% growth over the last two years. Well, I got less money than when I started, but we're averaging stuff. This is good. So I think a lot of times people think, well, I, you know, maybe I had a bad year this year, but you know, I, I had a good year, an, another year, it'll, it all works out. A lot of times it doesn't work out as good, as good as you think. And, and uh, I think people look at like average, average returns and they think what's the rule of 72 compound interest they think compound interest they think all right well if i put it in you know abc and it's average growth of five percent over the long haul it averages five percent all right well it's losing money so it's so average return is not the same as compound interest compound interest only happens if you are successful every year. You have to put stack together year after year after year after year on top of each other. That's how you build wealth. That's how you grow your business and provide for generations of the, this, the big ideas, the aspirational things, the big picture stuff that everybody really wants to do. Uh, the way you do it is not with, boy, I'm going to try to hit the high this year. You know, that mentality doesn't accomplish what, I, what people are really trying to accomplish. Well, that's why you only sell on the up years. <laughs> Yeah. And just store, hey, man, uh, interest rates are seven, eight percent. We'll just hold on to it. Just, just lock the bin door. Yeah. Farmer elevator doesn't matter. It's a grain doesn't matter. Just seal it up so it can't go bad. And, you know, yeah. well, even if it does, you blend it off. Just don't do anything. Just yeah. wait. All right. Market reward you eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if enough of us can wait all together and then it off, it, the only thing that could possibly happen is that. All the companies in the U.S. rocket ship to the moon. Import grain from elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody somewhere is going to flinch before you. <laughs> ah, it's a prisoner's dilemma. It's great, man. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got. Obviously, there's other words on the board, right. but we're out of time, and we need fodder for next time. That's right. Twenty-two points. We got to like I don't know a third of them. Yeah, there's and the other ones probably there. aren't even good because you didn't pick them. That's a. It's going to be a less <laughs> of an you know, interesting show next time. Yeah. Well, we'll try to think of like a, a guest or something so that we don't. Perfect. I right. like it. All right. That's it for today. We'll see you guys next right. time. Thanks. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks, you know, in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all, or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at elevators cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh!